0: Welcome back to Presence and Purpose, a show all about helping you build an authentic online presence and live out your God-given purpose. I want you to be seen and heard by the people who need your message and services most, but I know that seems easier said than done because there's a lot of noise online. I'm your host, Natalie Arndt. I built my brand strategy business back in the beginning of 2018 and quickly learned through trial and error that being yourself isn't a cheesy cliche, but actually the key to building a strong, profitable online brand. Now I help Christian coaches and service providers do the same. I'm here to help you attract the right clients and build a thriving online community with tangible tips, behind the scenes stories from women just like you, and lessons learned on all things branding, finding your people, sharing your message, and so much more. Hey guys. So today I am talking with Sarah Talbert and we are going to be talking all about the Enneagram and how that can really help you in your business. Um, so Sarah is a business coach and consultant and I am so excited to get to talk to you today. So thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. So I always love um, starting out my interviews by asking people
1: a fun fact about themselves. So something that like most people don't know about you. Well, most people don't know. Um, Well, usually the fun fact is that I'm married to my middle school sweetheart. We've been together since I was 12. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And my first date, quote unquote date, you can't see my air quotes, but our first date was on the handlebars of his bicycle. So yeah. So Very that's a fun fact. <laughs> that's super cute.
0: I love it. Well, I would love if you could tell us a little bit about um, your business journey. So, you um, incorporate the Enneagram into your business coaching, but I'd love to hear kind of like what do you do and how did you
1: get to that point. Yeah, so my business journey, I say that my husband is a serial entrepreneur, that he has started multiple businesses, um, and I never quite knew what I wanted to do. Insert Enneagram Um, (laughs) 9. If you know anything about the Enneagram, that would make sense. Um, But I would support him in his roles because he would start multiple businesses, um, some of them fairly successful, some of them were just ideas. Um, But he had a landscape company, I supported him in that role. Um, And then he would always try to encourage me to pursue what I wanted. And I just could never put my finger on what it was. Um, I have a degree in accounting and I absolutely hate it. I don't want anything to do with accounting at all um, and so I started dabbling in things here and there just at his prodding and it was um I tried network marketing and a few different things I tried um, making baby wraps and learning to weave and I went overseas and met weavers and tried all that um and not my thing um I, it was just too overwhelming the international stuff Um, I have done a small bakery. I used to sell and make cookies and cupcakes and sell them to like realtors, open houses and, um, different stores that would do events. Um, and then, I I don't know, there've been multiple things I've tried and I tell people you don't truly know what you love to do until you try things. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but each one of those things along the journey taught me what what I loved about myself and what I did not ever want to do again. And so both of those are go hand in hand are so important. Um, and so I started with the journey of helping people find their purpose, and um, was a purpose coach, and I loved it. And I was doing twelve week programs, helping people walk through a journey that I had walked through. Um, And then I started having, loving the business marketing side of things. And I learned so much on each business that it just kind of fell into place and had people asking, do you help people grow business or people that were finding their purpose found out that it was business related is what they wanted to do. And so that's kind of where I've landed.
0: Yeah. It's so interesting because, um, as I've been in business, I've heard so many people go through a similar mm-hmm. journey in terms of like starting out with either like purpose coaching or health coaching and then mm-hmm. ending up like business coaching. Uh-huh. I, just, I like, obviously not everyone. Um, no, I know what you mean, but I have several people that come to mind as you say that, that I'm like, yep, yep. that's what they did too. Yep. Um, and baby wraps. Oh my God. <laughs> How did that is, that is so cool. I got like completely obsessed with baby wearing Same my daughter was a baby up until like I mean we still have a preschool size kinder pack that yeah. like we used when we went to the Grand Canyon and I was like nope you're gonna stay on my back like <laughs> and that was last falling. year yeah, yeah so she was four um yeah how
1: did how did like how so, did that happen? Because I became obsessed as well. And we're probably in some <laughs> of the same like obsessive groups. and Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I just, I fell in love with the art behind the weaving.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and my sister's adopted from Guatemala mm-hmm. and my husband and I kind of got involved in a mission organization in Guatemala. And we started talking with them back and forth do you know any local weavers because some of the weavers in Guatemala just do gorgeous work and um, we were going on a trip anyway and so I was like let's meet some weavers and have them show us their sample work and um, some of the situations there the workers were not in the best situation you know the best mm-hmm. working environment and so
2: mm-hmm.
1: I didn't necessarily want to put more on them and then it was do I pursue work trying to help these workers? So it was just so much that I felt like I couldn't do the best work God had called me to do in that. It was not my best skill set. Mm-hmm. And so it was more like this would be a fun hobby. Yeah. Um, and so I pulled out of that and um we still do mission work, but yeah, not hiring women to weave baby reps. Yeah oh that's so cool yeah
0: it's anyone I mean anyone listening who has no idea what we're talking about they're probably like what but what is a baby wrap if if you've done it it's like a whole culture like you get into it's like a whole thing oh my gosh yeah I want another baby just so I can not just so I can wrap it but I mean that's a big part of it (laughs) right
1: oh yeah I hear you
0: it's the best um so how did you how did you find out about the
1: Enneagram like how did that come into play um, I feel like in the last couple of years, it's just really gotten a lot of attention on social media and businesses. And um, I went, or I would kind of been just researching on the side myself because I had seen so much of it. Um, what is this? I've always loved personality type testing. Um, I love Myers-Briggs. Um, all the different things. But something about the Enneagram made me realize it didn't necessarily tell us like what we did like Myers-Briggs tells you like in this situation you'll do this and this and this and what you do um but I loved how the Enneagram kind of showed us why we do things and so from that it was like I can you can find core fears and core like motivations and if you know what's truly motivating you for good or for bad um then grow and become a better Christian, a better business person, a better human. Um, and so I was really in depth researching it just myself. And I went to um, Sarah Anna Power's like live event um, mm. that she had had. And she had a guest speaker there, um, Teresa McCloy, And she had, um, she was doing Enneagram training um, and so I signed up and I was like, yes, please. I want to like know all the things so I can bring this into my um, like coaching business. And so that's what got me started in all of it. And so I sat under her for quite a few months and just she's phenomenal and learned so much. Um, and now do Enneagram one-on-one assessments and in, in Involvement in my coaching as well. So, yeah,
0: did it? I'm super curious. Did it take you a while to figure out your
1: type or like settle on that? Um, I went back and forth between two, but I don't think it was long. I know a lot of Mm -hmm. people say it took me a while to figure it out. Um, but when I was searching, I was going through some pretty large amounts of stress and so there's healthy versions of numbers and unhealthy versions and i was seeing a lot more of the unhealthy side of the number nine show up because i was in stress yeah and um so it was a space it was fairly evident because of the stress for me to go well i'm absolutely doing all the unhealthy things let me <laughs> Yeah. You know, for that particular situation, not in overall life, but just I could see those things. Yeah. And the thing that was causing me stress, I was responding in all the nine ways that you should not be responding.
0: Yeah. I think that's a really interesting point. Like when you are kind of at one extreme in terms of mm-hmm. like you're under a lot of stress, like it mm-hmm. almost might be easier, like in your case. For sure. Um, did you... Uh, like, in terms of, like, how you figured out your type, like, did you, like, get a book? Did you read into it? Were you, like, following along with people?
1: I listened to a lot of, I think it's the, man, I should know the name of the podcast, The Road Back to You, mm-hmm. um, and Suzanne Stabile does a podcast where she just interviews different numbers
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and she asks phenomenal questions. And when she asks and the other people answer, I'm like, Oh yeah. Like, and what I did was I thought, I think I'm a nine and I went through her podcast and I listened to anything that she had to say about a nine. Um, and there's a lot. And then when I started working with Teresa, she, um, we did, we do an online assessment and then, the person doesn't get their results back. She goes through the results with you on a call. And that's what mm-hmm. I do. Um, but she does. But when it came back, I was equal on two numbers. And she was talking about how a lot of times, a you know, a manual test isn't going to or an online test isn't going to give you always accurate results.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so we talked through, do I do more of this or do I do more of that? And I was actually a nine or a five. But um, if we cover any of the triads, one is in a very logical space in a head space and one is in a very like gut reaction mm-hmm. um, instinct space. And so I was not necessarily in that logic space. And so when you can kind of figure out from where do you make decisions, if you're leaning from between two numbers, it's easier to figure that out.
0: Mm-hmm. That's interesting that you did that because that's kind of, basically what I did to find my type I didn't I read books um like I've got the road back to you on my shelf Mm -hmm. behind me um but I read that after I already knew I was a nine Mm -hmm. um but I went through podcasts and I even just did a general search so not even podcasts that I was subscribed to but I was just like anything on like a type nine to just listen to other people um because I remember I don't even know what the name of the podcast was but it was literally a panel discussion of Mm -hmm. all type nines and yeah. I was just like, I remember I was playing in the snow with my daughter in the front yard and we were like building a snow fort and I was really? listening at the same time. And I was like, okay, I'm totally nine. Like <laughs> it, it just helps. <laughs> Me to, too. Yeah. It helps to hear other people say things. And you're like, like, I I'm trying to remember what it was, but I remember it was something along the lines of like, um, like how like type nines kind of struggle with the feeling of like, that your presence doesn't matter, mm-hmm. and they said something along those lines, and all of a sudden I was like, "This explains so many things." It just clicked for me, and I was like, "Interesting." So I was, I'm not
1: crazy. Yeah, that's, yeah, and that's where a lot of people land on when they find their number and they truly can relate to it. They often say, "I'm not crazy."
0: Yeah, that's that's exactly how I felt because I, when I started kind of being more aware of that, like, Mm -hmm. you know, with type nines and feeling like your presence doesn't matter. I could think back to so many situations, like going back into like early childhood, even of these moments where I would just like sit there and be like, no one cares that I'm here. Not like in a super bad way, but just like, uh, like it, I don't think my friends even care if I, you know, if I was here or not. And I, I wasn't really, I was aware of it, but
1: not fully Mm -hmm. and it yeah totally thought it was crazy wasn't crazy (laughs) So, so i have a hard time and my mom will think i'm crazy if she listens to this but she she likes to um talk things out like if she wants to buy a new chair she wants to send me all the pictures and give give me give her all my opinion on all the chairs that she's looking at yeah as a nine, if I'm going to share my opinion, I need to know that it matters. Because it's a lot for me to share an opinion. Anyway, Um, some numbers are not going to understand that at all. Mm -hmm. Um, But so I told her she was asking me about a chair. And I said, I don't think I can do this with you. And she said why I said because it is absolutely draining to share my opinion and then you say oh I don't like that I'm just going to go with this yeah and I said it's not a personal thing I'm not like hurt by it it's literally draining to go through the process of sharing my opinion over and over again for you to say no nah, I think I'll just go with this chair
2: yeah She goes
1: oh okay but I would have never understood that I would have gone back and forth with her for a couple of weeks and then been irritated with her if I had not known that about myself. And so I, it's a nine problem,
0: but. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you had made a comment. I think it was before we hit record um, about like when you speak up, it's something important. And mm-hmm. I had, I literally just shared this on a recent podcast interview, but I'll say it again. Cause I had, um, when I had a roommate, I had a mutual friend of ours tell me, like, your roommate, you know, talks a lot. She, she did. There's nothing wrong with that. But right. I wasn't as talkative, but he was like, when you talk, like, you have something important to say. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh, that's a very good point. I've never thought about that before. <laughs> like, it was just, it was very affirming, though. Like, I appreciated yes. it. But, yes. um, but yeah, that's very true. And it's, it's interesting because it's, the example you just gave with your mom it's like there's these things that if you don't understand why you're like irritated about it or whatever like you Mm -hmm. can't verbalize like giving my opinion if it's not being appreciated (laughs) is draining and then
1: like when you can clearly communicate that it's like oh okay that's fine it gives words to things you didn't even know bothered you before and Mm -hmm. it's amazing yeah
0: yeah it just opens up this whole like other world of I don't know, this whole other level of awareness that yes. it's like, yeah, it's kind of fascinating. Yeah. um, Very fascinating, that kind yeah. of. Um, yeah, so you mentioned the triads. I would love if you could kind of cover that. So
1: just quickly, the Enneagram has nine types. Um, we'll just say that. And it's um, like nine personality types that don't tell us what we do but really why we do it like i said before um but in each or each type because there's nine there's three triads it's just three numbers broken down into three group or nine numbers broken down into three groups each Um, and each triad has a different um way that they see the world, a lens through which they see the world, um, a way that they go about making decisions. So the eight, nine, and one, and I know it's weird, you don't do one, two, three. I don't know what they say, nine sits at the top of the Enneagram um, because it is the peacemaker and it can see all sides to every number equally um and as a nine that's absolutely frustrating but i do (laughs) um i understand why you're saying that i don't agree with it but i understand it um even if i don't want to (laughs) that's right um but that's why nine sits at the top because it can see all numbers fairly and equally um but as for the triads eight nine and one are in the gut space or the instinct space so this kind of means that when you go to make a decision you're making it intuitively oftentimes Um, the two three and four are in the heart space so these people typically have large feelings um, large emotions Um, some of them have emotions but they suppress them but that's the heart space and then the head space is your five six and seven they're logical they reason through things um, and they use their mind to think through thoroughly before making decisions Um, one thing i love about learning the enneagram through the triads is since your audience is believers Um, Is that God tells us to love him and love others through our heart, head, heart and soul, our mind and our heart and our strength. And so it kind of points back to the Enneagram where we can um, learn to love others. If you are in that headspace, you might connect with God on a very logical basis, but sometimes we need to feel emotion towards others. And sometimes we need to lean into our instinct space and learn to trust the Holy Spirit to guide us and make decisions. Um, And so learning the triads from a biblical perspective has been so eye-opening and allows to stretch me as a nine into using my my mind more and into using my emotion side more often because I feel like that makes us more of a whole person. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. That, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Um, and you know, like we're both nines and as I'm listening to that, I'm thinking of like, I guess I've never focused on looking at the different triads much just because I don't know when I yeah looked at my type, I just kind of focused on that. But I think it's so interesting how like, with the the gut triad, like the eights, nines, and ones, because that's mm-hmm. what I'm most familiar with. Um, like you mentioned how like there's, we all have like the different ways of kind of seeing the world. And then like when you look at the triad specifically and look at like the eight, nines, and ones in terms of like, um, what do they call it? Anger is like the core mm-hmm. weakness sort of, mm-hmm. um, like how each one, like even though you're in that triad, like each type deals with it so differently. And like yep. for nines, it's kind of just like numbing out to it. And eights, they're very much like clear about it. So I just think that's really fascinating. And I also hadn't heard someone say that before. I love I love what you said about how it's like, you know, like mine. What was the verse? I'm blanking on it now.
1: Love the um, Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. And that includes... All three triads.
0: Yeah. And I'd never heard those linked before. I love that. So in terms of using this in business, um, how has it impacted you with your business? And why do you think it's so beneficial for entrepreneurs? Like when you're aware of this, how can you kind of bring that into your business?
1: So a lot of times, um, well, we talked about kind of, seeing the roadblocks. Well, maybe we said this before we hit record, but seeing our own roadblocks, you keep hitting the same thing over and over again. You might go to launch something and then you're like, eh, and that same fear comes up or you go to launch something and you just do it. And then you get angry because this, this, or this. So oftentimes with my clients and myself, those same roadblocks continue to come up. And so if we can nail down what your Enneagram type is, then in business, we can set up a support system and um, strategies that are built best for you versus, well, she said to do this and she said to do that. And those are things that work really well for them, not you. So I know, um, I had a client that was an Enneagram seven and they are known for being enthusiastic and they have all the ideas um, and they're just the fun party one in the room. And she said her boss was telling her t- that she really needed to time block things. And for her, she said, I tried it and her day was miserable. Um, so we set up different strategies that worked for her versus what, work for her boss Um, and she was still able to get the work done but she was happier in her work and so um, really knowing what motivates you what roadblocks you continue to hit can help make this entrepreneur up and down roller coaster a little smoother yeah yeah i totally agree Is there
0: any like for you, like when you kind of started incorporating it in your business, was it like, did it make you aware of any like specific roadblocks that you like were able
1: to kind of work through? Yeah. So a lot of times in my own messaging, in my own words I would use, I was talking um, a lot about you don't need to be, I would say a lot of times like, it's okay to make a decision. It's okay to, and I would t- be talking to a nine, but knowing all the types mm-hmm. allows me to speak clearer to mo- a larger audience. Not everyone has the same issue about speaking their mind. That doesn't resonate with everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so really thinking through a lot of times when I go to write content, I think about different, Enneagram types. Well, what are they actually struggling with? What are their fears? What are they as it relates to business? And so I feel like I can connect better.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm, That's such a good point.
1: I love that. Well, and even like,
0: um, like, as you do that, I'm sure you kind of see different patterns in like, it seems like a lot of my audience, you know, kind of has Um, not that you have it pegged down to like, (laughs) there's type eights and type ones, (laughs) but it's just like seeing what resonates with your audience and kind of, if there's an overall theme of like, these seem to be like the top three, you know, that get the most buzz when I talk
1: about this. Um, yeah. So Uh I have seen a pattern in entrepreneurs Uh and a lot, I mean, I'm not like the biggest, like, I don't have the biggest pool to pool from, yeah. but I have noticed a lot of entrepreneurs I talk to are threes or sevens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, you can research that if you want, but that's, yeah. that's the pattern I'm seeing a lot of. Um, they're not scared of taking a risk. Um, they are really organized or structured or really, not organized and structured and just going at it and keep going at it. Um, and so I feel like those two person, and if you're not one of those, then you still can succeed in business. But yeah, I have seen a good amount of Enneagram threes and sevens. Yeah. Do really well in business.
0: Yeah. It's funny. Both of the business coaches that I've worked with, um, like at a high level kind of right. over a period of time, were both, well, One I know for a fact is a three. The other one, I didn't know about the Enneagram at that point, but I can almost guarantee she's a type three. Like just very much Mm -hmm. like, which for me as a, like it made a really great working relationship because you're in the same time. Yeah. When we're healthy, like I am in the mode where I'm like adding stuff to my to-do list list because I'm checking it off and, and it feels really good. And then you lose momentum and
1: yeah. Yeah. And that's why we need people in all areas for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. Um, And I know like when I noticed started being aware of my roadblocks, the first thing that um I was aware of was like, no wonder it was so hard for me to just start like consistently showing up because mm-hmm. I kept telling myself that it didn't matter. And then I'd pull back mm-hmm. and like, if you've been in business long enough to figure out, like if you, I mean, I feel like there's a certain point, like when you have built up your following that even if you pull back for a little bit, like your audience still stays active and stuff and it doesn't make as big a difference. But when you're just getting started, like if you're getting momentum and showing up, yeah. And then you go MIA and then people you know move on with their lives, and then you come back and you're you're starting all over again, and then it
1: just further reinforces like <laughs> and so that that's actually very interesting because a nine will like people can talk in general about you need to show up for your audience, you need to, and stop going back and forth, um, like you were just saying, well, a nine will do that because, like you said, they think their presence doesn't matter, and it's really not that big of a deal. A seven might do the exact same thing. And on the surface, you think they're just not showing up, but their motivation might be they got bored and went on and did something different. Yeah. And so (laughs) trying to like really narrowing down what those, like, why are you doing that? Then if we can like identify that, then you can find out, all right, like let's figure out some strategies to make sure you know your audience really needs to hear from you or you've got to stick to this one thing
2: Mm -hmm. or
1: your business is not going to see succeed, you know? So sevens are scared of not having fun. And so let's find some ways to make it. And commitment. (laughs) And commitment. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: Well, even as you're saying that I'm thinking of, I, I recently did some market research, like in my group, Mm -hmm. And one of the top, um, answers, I forget what it was for specifically, um, oh, it was what, what they had tried to attract their ideal clients. And I got many people saying that they were basically like trying all the things and not sticking to it. And I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, that's, that's, (laughs) yep.
1: Yep. And a lot of people do that. But if we figure out again, why Mm -hmm. are you doing it, then you can like be working on it. Instead, I don't want to say it's forever gone because we're human and, but at least you can stop a good portion of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like you already said, it's just being aware of what your, um, your pattern is. Like I know there's, I can think of other people I know who have been doing something. I mean, I've been guilty of this too, where even though it's not working, you're still doing it because you don't Mm -hmm. want to like change it. And it's like, well, you can, you do have the freedom to change. Like if you've been committed to it and it's clearly not working, like it is not only is it a smart decision, like you're going to enjoy it if you change things up. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. it's, It's so funny. So you had mentioned before we hit record also in terms of like how it can help you with sales Um, I'm curious to hear, like, I mean, it's kind of along the same thread that we've been talking about, like, but how has that either impacted you or like with your clients? Like, how have you seen that kind of play out?
1: Yeah. So for me personally, knowing that what I offer is actually value, valuable (laughs) to someone, I have to get that clear in my mind before I Mm -hmm. show up. Um, if I show up and doubt that what I'm offering brings value, then it's not going to connect. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's me working it out with God before, like, is, is that message and that scale and that gift you've given me, does that actually matter? Mm-hmm. And then I can show up fully because what I say after that is important, right? Um, like you were saying, Um but for other people, like uh, we were talking about a seven earlier, and if a lot of entrepreneurs are sevens, um, then you're probably amazing at showing up for um, new opportunities or clients or showing clients about new opportunities. Um, but sevens, on the other hand, other hand, in a sales conversation or in a, um, sales pitch or a sales email, you may not show the negative side of things. You may not show um, how you might not show both sides. And if you can't mm-hmm. show both sides, it's hard for people to trust you. Um, you may talk too fast and too excited. Um, and so you may not be the best listener on a sales call. Because you're so excited. It's not that you're trying to like scam anyone. You're just overly excited about this new opportunity and they have to buy it. Um, So learning different things about um, each person um, allows you individually to make um, better sales calls, better sales emails. You're writing from a space that's not just From your own perspective, like I was saying with my own writing, Mm -hmm. um, you're able to think about the other people in the room um, knowing the different viewpoints of who might be buying from you rather than talking over them from your own lens,
0: if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Yeah, yeah, that totally makes sense. I mean, even um, trying to think of a good example, like, you know, if you are creating a course or something, like when people have, there's like a video to watch, or Mm -hmm. you can download the audio, or you can download the workbook, like there's Mm -hmm. different ways that um, you can kind of cater to different learning styles. Um, Even with like a workbook, like some people wanna fill it out on their computer, some people need to like have the physical paper And be able to, like, you know, scribble their notes down and stuff. So it's just, like, providing those opportunities and, yeah, remembering that people have different ways of – different core fears, different things they're going through Mm -hmm. um, to make sure to, like, address them all because then you're really, like, being effective in how you're serving, how you're showing up in your business. Absolutely. Yeah. So if someone is at that place where they – know their Enneagram number, they're somewhat familiar with it, but they don't feel like they are really, um, have this level of awareness that we're talking about in terms of like, you know, roadblocks that they're facing. Um, what would be some great either like resources or next steps that they could take?
1: Yeah. So a lot of times I run into people and they're like, oh, I know my Enneagram number and then they move on. Um, so just knowing it's not enough. Um, there's ways I suggest getting to thoroughly know every number, especially Mm -hmm. if you're in business, um, because a lot of times you're going to have a client that's not your number. And so learning how they're dealing with things, why they're bringing it across, it's even helpful in your relationship with your kids, with your spouse. I know my spouse's number and I've been with him since middle school and now this helps us so much. And I'm like, that was such a, he's like, I know it was an eight thing. He's an eight. So he's an eight. I'm a nine. And we both are on like the opposite ends of the spectrum, which is funny how God likes to do that. Yeah. Um, but as it relates to you guys, um, really my first step is get to know all the numbers um thoroughly read about them um, i recommend it's called spiritual rhythms of the enneagram it's what i the book i trained under um, and there's that i like the road back to you mm-hmm. um, and then also i do one-on-one one-time sessions they're an hour you do an online assessment Um, and then I walk through your Enneagram type and how to use that for business, how to make more sales, um, walk you through your own roadblocks. Um, and so if that's something you're interested in, I'm sure Natalie can put it in the comments, but those three things I feel like are probably your best resources for Enneagram and business. Yeah. So that, that
0: assessment is for entrepreneurs, right? Mm Mm-hmm kind of like how to incorporate in your business. Okay. Awesome. Yes. I will put that in the show notes. Um, Awesome. Well, where, where can people learn more about you, get connected with you?
1: Yeah. So my website is probably the best place. It will lead you anywhere. I am at com. Okay. Awesome.
0: Well, thank you so much. Yeah. This was a great conversation. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. If you've loved this episode, head on over to iTunes and leave a review. It means the world to me, but more importantly, it helps more women find and benefit from this show. And if you're not already plugged into the Presence and Purpose Facebook group, come join us. I want you to get plugged into the community and get the support you need because we're not meant to do this whole business thing alone. Until next time.